This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. me i'm in a gregorian chant class now so i'm How pretty much that an going, by the way we did uh like is it online no, no uh, well the part of it with brother john is online but the part with deb is just singing in person and uh we i mean we had one class and it was like go over the syllabus but i do feel like i'm an expert in gregorian chant now that's all it takes oh, one <laughs> i'm gonna be the droner in the background i'm, going, I'm pretty sure that's oh. uh that's like mongolian throat singing <laughs> That's different. That's different than Gregorian chant. Sacred <clears throat> chant. Don't do miracles. It's similar and not. It's not. It's not similar. It's not similar. <laughs> it's ah, and we're back, folks. Here we are. Back at it again. We're uh, coming at you from St. Meinrad covered in snow. The lovely snowy St. Meinrad. Yes, we went sledding. We did go sledding tonight, which is a big deal. I mean, it was exciting for me, but for Southerners, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. A huge like, deal. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sure it's a big deal for you. But one of the guys was like, he was like, "Wait, so how do I do this?" I was like, "Are you, you, you sit on it? Are you kidding me? You know, yes. it's a, uh, it's just a whole it's new a world experience. It is a great experience." My childhood was sledding. I don't understand how you could not sled growing up. It wasn't my whole childhood because there's sometimes not snow in Vermont. Mm. But, you know, it was a lot of it. So here's my question. That's a great segue. Okay. Oh. Uh, I just came up with it now. I had something different, but, you know. I like the spontaneity on you. Yeah, there it is. Um, What do you think is something that you get to or got to do um, that is uniquely Vermont. Oh, oh, sugaring. Absolutely. I'm sorry, what? Sugaring. <laughs> so growing up, Vermont's big thing is maple syrup. That's pretty much all we have to hang our hat on. So in the fall foliage, and they go hand in hand. Um, but so in the spring, when the sap is running, which maple syrup is made out of sap, it takes 40 gallons of maple sap from a tree to make one gallon of maple syrup and you got to boil it down but so growing up we would always go during the spring uh up to my uncle's sugar shack and or sugar <laughs> house <laughs> it's not weird terrible it's not weird i'm telling you everybody knows that's not weird in vermont but so we would go up and we would collect the sap buckets and put them in the put them in the tub behind the four wheeler and it was awesome. It's so many good memories with my cousins and my siblings mm. up there. Uh, that is, uh, yeah. And that's just, that is what Vermont is. That's what we got. That's what we do. What have you done that's quintessential Vermont? Vermont? <laughs> no, no. Uh, nothing. I haven't been there. It's true. Someday. I guess Someday. Alabama. I guess Alabama. Um, yes. I think something quintessential Alabama is and this will probably ruffle feathers, oh. is uh, is tailgating. It's really just kind of a southern thing in general. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I grew up tailgating, and that was just like a normal interaction. Like Saturday during the fall, there were tailgates to go to. You would be there all day. Were they at football stadiums? Or just like... No, they're outside. I mean, they were near, like proximate to it. But 
Yeah, parking laws, car laws out the window. Wait, you know, law? you could just did you say law? Laws. Oh, laws. laws. Okay. I was like, what? Do you call a parking law a parking law? Yeah, the parking laws. <laughs> okay, parking no, laws. Parking laws. Yep. Am I saying it weird? No, you just said That's it. That's how southern. you say law. Law. Laws. <laughs> the law. Um, yeah, out the window. Out the window. And so, like, people would just pop curbs. Nice. Have, have grills like trailer hitched, you know, that's, <laughs> and that's awesome. set up a tent. And uh, it's kind of different now because they like outsource it or whatever. But <laughs> I know it's, yeah, whatever. Um, but I have like many memories of spending hours on Saturday outside, having no clue why we were spending hours on Saturday outside. Uh, um, I like that. But it was something like very distinctly. Alabama. Nice. Um, yeah. And you grew up in a college football city. So I feel like yes. that probably helped. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Auburn's a special place. It's a special I believe place. it. I'll go there someday, too. Yeah, so, anyways, that's probably enough introduction or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes. So, this week I'm heading it up. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Uh, yes. Every year. Are we going to um, pray? Yes. Have you yes. forgotten about yes, the Lord already? Just... Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this is sad. <laughs> oh, um, yes, we'll offer this up to Our Lady. Um, praying the Memorare. So, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee do I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, yes, so every year... Um, we are required in January to take a retreat. Um, each year, at least for St. Meinrad, that's a different kind of retreat. Yeah. Um, so our first two years were actually out in West Virginia. Mm, great um, place. Beautiful place. Comfortable beds. Very. Not yeah. like this year. No. <laughs> not like Gosh, this year. No. Um, yes, they were preached retreats the first two years. Uh, first theology, so we go with our entire class um, as a silent retreat, and typically we would go somewhere about 45 minutes, an hour away from here. Due to the virus, mm-hmm. um, we, are, we, we stayed on campus. So anyways, we had our six-day silent retreat. Mm. It's the first real silent retreat yeah. I've ever done. Yeah. Um, Eli is very extroverted. Very. I am functionally extroverted, but you definitely are. introverted. You wouldn't know unless you lived across the road from you, as in hallway, that you were as extroverted as you were, I would say. Because you're very functionally extroverted. We go for function. See, I'm going to work on a functional introvert. <laughs> well, so suffice to say, uh, we had very different retreats. Um, I'm curious, though. Uh, about silence because silence is not something that I think we have an abundance of 
No. Um, yeah, so I think what I want to start with is, do you have a relationship with silence? Oh, wow, good question. Yes. I, I, I want to... To start out, when you told me we were we were yeah. going to talk about silence, my one of my first thoughts was I, I thought of something that my dad used to say all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, it goes something like this: "Can you shut up, please? <laughs> Can we not get a moment of peace and quiet around here?" And at the time, you know, I was like, "Wow, grumpy old man." Okay. But I realized he just longs for divine intimacy, apparently. And I just, you know, I had low expectations <laughs> for my dad, and now I get it. But, so, do I have a relationship with silence? Yes, and it was hard fought. It did not come naturally. I remember being on a retreat my sophomore year of college, and I, the, it was a theology of the body retreat, really good, led by Bill Donahue. And, um, shout out to Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he does the theology of the body institute with Christopher West. Oh, very yeah, cool, super cool guy. But um, one of the things he said was some something like the most important things we can do as humans is have silence and solitude. And I remember just thinking, please, God, no, <laughs> anything but that. I do not like silence. And I really don't like solitude. And so that was tough for me. And on that retreat... This was, was college? This was college, college. yeah. Okay. And so uh, on that retreat was the first time I really kind of let myself enter into the silence. And it was incredible. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I, I have a hard time with silence still. Not necessarily being quiet, like externally vocal. Well, let's actually start there. What what does okay. silence mean to you? Oh, okay, silence is a. When I think of silence, one of the first things I think of is in the Gospels when Jesus is asleep in the bow and there's a storm going on, and the apostles are like, "We're gonna die," and he's just sleeping there. So they wake him up, and he silences. He he calms the storm. And it says, I forget which, I think it's Matthew, but it might be in more than one. Uh, it says, and there was a great calm. Hmm. You know, it wasn't just like the storm stopped, yeah, but yeah. there was just all of a sudden just like from storm to just glassy water, maybe sun shining, and there was this great calm. And I remember when I first noticed that, thinking, that's what I want in my heart. And that's what I think of as real silence is when my heart can have this great calm. Um, so it's it usually involves a lot more than just quiet, like v- vocally, audibly. Okay. Like not so sound, like a physical silence? Like, yeah, it, it needs to be like, a lot of times if I'm really entering into silence, I walk really slow. Really, really slow. Something that would usually take mm-hmm. me like mm-hmm. five minutes to walk takes me like at least a half hour. So there's like this sense of physical silence because I still kind of need to move. I'm a mover. Um, <laughs> so I can't really sit still. But uh, this is why you so, like love squirrels so much. Oh, that's gosh. Yeah. It's <laughs> true. I do. But uh, so like that, that physical silence of my body. Mental silence is really big for me because I just got thoughts going all the time. So silence to me is this great calm of my being, 
kind of everything. It's more of a personal silence, though. So, uh, yeah. Does that make sense? So, could you be silent kind of in the midst of external noise? Yes. Okay. There's been not a ton of times, but definitely times, especially sometimes when I'm with my family and there's just a really good moment, and I just want to kind of stop and remember that, where I do just kind of turn into the silence and there's laughing and everything going on. But it's just just this great calm, and I sit in that moment hmm. and let it soak in without doing anything. So you were talking about college kind of <clears throat> being your first real yeah. deepening of yeah. the pursuit of silence and question mark solitude? Yeah. Um, would you, I, I, I'm assuming that's deepened over the years. Very much. How How has that what does it look like to deepen silence? Is that is that you remove yourself from situations and like walk slow everywhere? Or Sometimes, a... honestly, I would say yeah. That's a big thing. Is like it takes. I, I have to be very intentional. I have to have the thought. I am going to enter into silence here. Uh, it can't. I mean, every once in a while, maybe it just happens. But for me, it has to be really intentional. I have to calm my thoughts. But to deepen the silence. It, I would say uh, it's more of learning how to be receptive than act, rather than active. Uh, so that's how I've learned to really enter into silence is to be, uh, I always kind of have water images with silence. So it's like being washed over with grace, being washed over with God's presence. Because before, if I was trying to enter into silence, it would always be grasping for mm. nothing. Like mm-hmm. literally like trying to grab and hold on to nothingness because I thought that's what silence was. And so like I need I need to calm my thoughts. So I can't I have to start with nothing kind of and like banish them out. Yeah, yeah. And so like it's I need something. I need the silence. There's words. I, I wrote a lot of poetry on the silent retreat and I realized that there was words coming up over again. So like warmth light, sweetness, like those are silence for me. Those are God and me walking together in the Garden of Eden. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah. Let's, uh, let's backtrack a bit. Back, and back and I think we should have, this is my fault, I think we should have started here. <laughs> um, it's all right, isn't it? Good, I think. So you're talking about how silence is kind of this means of facilitating. Yeah hearing God's voice. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess my question is, so we do a, we do a silent retreat. Yeah. Um, why, why is the silent part of the retreat important? Like why is, is silence important? Like, yes. Okay. Like what is absolutely. I, I thought about this over the retreat. Like, Somebody said, like some pope or something once said, uh, silence is the language <laughs> of God. I, you know, I think it was a saint or pope. Something. Silence is the language of God. Yeah. And my first thought when I heard that over the retreat was, why silence? <laughs> like yeah. You could have picked anything, God. Why is this the language of God? And so I thought a lot about that. And I, and I got to be honest, I'm not... 100% sure. But I think, to me, there's a couple of reasons. 
Um, that first, it's the language of God. That that's the language of God. Why it's important for like prayer and being on retreat. And I think one of the big ones for me. Now it might be slightly different for you, and I would like to actually know this is like silence is hard for me. And if I had to, if somebody asked me what's the most boring thing you could do, I'd probably say just be silent and do nothing. Pointless meetings. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Right. Okay. But <laughs> um, but to be silent and do nothing really scares me mm. a lot, and that's why I waited till college to actually really try it because it's terrifying. I was I would fill my life with all this. Sound. Did you hunt before college? Oh gosh, it was tough. Yes, I did. And hunting is not often silent for me. It's very very active. It's me constantly looking like that, 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 that. Not necessarily, again, not like this physical moving. I'm sitting there, I'm quiet. But my mind is locked into hunting. Mm. And it, it's it's like I can't pray very well while I hunt because I'm hunting. Yeah. So I, I learned a lot about patience and silence there, but I couldn't really apply it there. But uh, uh, what was I saying? Talking about hunting, silence. Why you waited in college? Oh, I was scared of it. I was scared of it. So I always had to fill these things. So to me, one of the reasons that silence is so important is because of the complete surrender. Because when I'm trying to be silent, it's so that I can enter into the presence of God. And the silence is a big deal because I have to trust that God can satisfy me. I have to enter into it saying, I'm going to do this thing that seems scary to me, that seems boring, and seems really hard, and I don't really think I can do it. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. if I don't try it, I'm saying that God can't satisfy me. That this entering into the silence where there's nothing but God is... Is not satisfying because to enter into this silence is to get rid of the world in a sense. You know, the world is good and it helps me to enter into the silence to see beautiful things, but they're always to get beyond the world. So, are you saying silence for you is always prayerful? Is that pretty much? Yeah, if it's going to be what I would consider real silence, yeah, uh, then yeah, it's gonna be prayerful. Now I have quiet times and I have very thoughtful times, but to me those are different than like real silence. Because real That's silence is putting aside yeah. the whole world and letting God in. But you have to put aside everything for God to fill everything. You know. Hmm. So uh, yeah, that is one of the reasons that I think that silence is is important. But I think silence is absolutely essential to the Christian life, I would say. Like, silence, I don't think, is uh, just like an option. Like, hey, you can try it. Like, I don't think, okay, you don't need to fill your entire life with silence to be a Carthusian. But, like, you can't come to know the person of Jesus Christ without sitting in his presence. And I can only do that in silence. Do you think it's integral to human life or just to Christians? That's a trick question because uh, I, <laughs> I think to be human, yeah, there it is. to be fully human, is to have a relationship with God. Right, that's what we're made for. That's mm-hmm. our, our end goal. So if we're not doing that, then we are not 
really fulfilling our humanity. Um, but, uh, so yeah, honestly, I would say that it is integral to being human because it is the language of God. And if we're not sitting in silence, we're not fulfilling this, this deep, deep desire in ourselves of this, this relationship with God that comes in the silence. We can have relationship with God in a lot of other ways. Don't get me wrong. Okay, we have we have the sacraments, we have the Eucharist, we have Scripture, we have other people. You know, that's mm-hmm. an, that's not silent to interact with somebody, but you know, like whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. So, like these interactions are interacting with God, but there's a particular relationship that I think comes from just sitting in the being, in the presence of God. Hmm. Um, yeah. So why, I wonder, I guess I wonder why silence is the means through which that happens. Like, why, why is it that it seems like you encounter God more fully in silence and kind of the, the cessation of activity and allowing him to enter in? Why is it easier? Is it easier? for you to do that in silence as opposed to working out or hunting or in a classroom or would you say it's easier? I would definitely say it's easier. I would say in large part because of what I said earlier about like the surrender of like when I'm working out, there's something to distract me. When I'm hunting, there's something to distract me. When I'm intentionally trying to enter into silent prayer, I'm, I'm getting rid of things that I know I enjoy well, I'm not working out. That's a total lie. I hate working out. But um, I'm getting rid of, rid of things that I know occupy me. And I'm inviting in what very much seems like nothing because it goes so far beyond everything. And uh, mm. so, like I said, that's scary. And to make that choice, to sit in the silence and to work for it, it does not come easy to me. Like it literally, the silent retreat is so awesome for me because it it's so long, yeah. silence. I can sit in a holy hour, an adoration, and I'll either fall asleep or think about everything but prayer for, you know, like 55 minutes in the last five minutes. Be like, oh, I'm sitting in the presence of God. I should probably pray a little bit here. But like when I'm silent for... 70 hours <laughs> I I like get thinking out of the way I'm able to like keep coming back finding these distractions saying no I want God I want this good thing which isn't like nothing you know like there is a sense of like contemplation according to Teresa Avila that's really transcendent but like I'm not at that level I don't think yet but you know like being able to to grasp onto God in things of the world but only because I've been willing to let those fall away, to let the to let the veil fall, to look behind it, hmm. and say, "Okay, God, yeah, why I are like you?" That. Because, and I really think, you know, it's so important for silence because prayer is always a response. God is always calling us to prayer, and so only in silence can we hear that call 
And only once we hear that call can we respond. Because we don't know where God wants to get us to go. I tried plenty of the time while I'm praying to tell God where I want to go in prayer. It doesn't work. Yeah. But to like really listen to where he wants us to go, that uh, I need to be silent. So it's hard for me. But I, I love silence. At the same time, I spend most of my time filling the silence. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just so easy. So it sounds like... Silence is kind of this state in which you are, uh, I, you said the veil kind of falls away. Yeah. Um, or I guess the the masks to some degree. Yeah. The walls yeah. fall down. Um, I guess that's interesting to me because I, I, I feel like a lot of, People avoid silence. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think it's avoided because there's this point where you have to like sit and just you have to you have to stop being, oh, I'm Joseph the seminarian, oh I'm Joseph the programmer, oh I'm Joseph the guy who loves hobbies <laughs> i'm joseph you know like yeah. all the titles all of the like attributes the things that i do fall away and then there's just i'm joseph period huh. and then it's i'm joseph question mark <laughs> and then it's who's joseph <laughs> and and i i think it almost inevitably if you actually sit there long enough, um, get to the question of why Joseph? Huh, um, yeah, you, yeah. And and I think that's a that's a scary place to be. You mm. know, it's un. I, I guess it's it's understandable why people would find that scary. Um, yeah. yeah, what do you think about that? I, I, I really like that because, yeah, I mean, so I, I've been, I was thinking last week about like, okay, why do so many people just not seem to care about religion? Why do they not care about God? Uh, you know, what's, what's going on here? And I, one of my thoughts was, well, maybe they just don't have enough time to just sit and be silent and wonder because it's, we have so many things to fill our time to keep us occupied soon as we're in, like, quiet, we put on music. Uh, as soon as we're bored, we pull out our phones and check them, or we, we put on Netflix, or, you know, like me, too. This isn't just, like, the world's terrible. Like, no, this is what I do. And, uh, I, and I do think it's partially because when you sit in that silence, like, when you're not in the silence, you are in yourself. You're in control because you're, you're in your world, and you have control of the things around you where you, where there's stuff going on, you're satisfied, you're occupied. Um, even though there's always this tug towards God, this tug towards the silence. But when you sit in the silence, if you're doing it right, instead of you kind of controlling the world and being able to take and give in the places you want, reality kind of just falls on you. And not in a bad way. In, in like a fog rolling in, like you start to see it, and it's like, wow, there is a lot more here than I can control. 
there's a lot more here than I thought there was. Mm -hmm. And like God is often described as terrible in the sense that like it's, it's terrifying. He's so powerful, so vast. And like, that's what I, what what I'm inviting in when I'm in silence. And like, you know, like there's so much love and grace that comes with that, but like there's a power there that you can't help but feel. And so when people are just sitting in silence and they're not necessarily doing it like intentionally to pray, they're not sitting and wondering, or they are just kind of sitting and wondering, suddenly you see something so big and out of your control. And you have these questions, like you said, of like, of, of why Joseph? Why is the world exist in the first place? Why do I want the things that I want? Why, like... All of a sudden, these big, scary questions. What am I supposed to do with my life? What's the purpose of life? <clears throat> these big questions come up. And that's terrifying. And so we, we, we fill the space. We don't face them. We run. So would you say then that silence is essentially just the release of control? Yeah. I'd say in a lot of ways... I would say perfect silence would be that. And I, you know, I don't think most of us are getting perfect silence often. I don't think I've, maybe I've been there a couple times in my life, you know, for seconds. But, uh, yeah, I think that a huge part of it is giving up control. It's letting God be God and you be you. And, And that's the thing is when you really look at it, we have, our being loved by God it's so extraordinary that we don't have to be afraid of just being us. But if you don't necessarily know that, mm. com- us compared to God is terrifying. Yeah, so I think silence gives the opportunity for you to realize that you're not God. Yeah. 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 But it's, and that's so good. I think. One of my favorite images for silence is the womb. It's the womb of God. The soul is in the womb of God. I don't think I've heard that before. It, it, to, like, to enter into this womb where, I mean, you think about like a, a human womb, it's, it's like silent, but not completely silent. You get the sound of a heartbeat. You hear like your mother's voice humming to you, and it's warm and cozy and nice. But the whole time you're in there, you're very slowly growing into more of mm. who you're meant to be. And so I think that's what happens like that. when we enter into yeah. silence. Is like we're, we're, it's like we can step in and out of the womb of God. Um, but like we, we enter in and we grow a little bit. But a baby has no control over the mother. It's, you know, it's, it's there, it's growing inside, and it, it is. And I mean, if a baby could know what its mother is compared to it, it'd probably be a little terrified. Um, but when you do enter into the silence, we grow more and more into who we are meant to become. And if we don't enter into the silence, we stay small fetuses in the spiritual life. Little baby. Yeah, the tiny baby. <laughs> Uh, so, I guess, given the context of literally the United States of America, I guess, uh, yeah, how does one find silence in the midst of 
being married with children and mm. Mm. new babies and that's a great question. And... A great question. Oh, well, <laughs> I just broke your bookshelf a little bit. Thank you. Good question. It stayed up mostly though. Um, it's just on top. <laughs> Uh, we'll fix that after. But anyway, so... I don't even know how that happened. I put my foot on him very lightly. Uh, sure, sure, okay, sure, but sure, back sure, to sure, the sure. question. Back to the question. Ignore the fact that I broke the bookshelf. Um, I think there's the, the most basic beginnings of silence have to come through... Mm, uh, I don't know if I want to say beauty. You have to come through delight. To so to to acknowledge the goodness of things is in a sense to acknowledge God. Mm-hmm. And so when we're able to to delight in things, to to take these things and ruminate with them and find joy in them, we're we're letting God come in. And we're letting him, him enter into our hearts and satisfy a part of us. And so, you know, in these these times, like you have children, you have a new baby, like, yeah, that's really hard, but there's so much delight that comes with those things that when you start that you're in this this moment of delight. You know, you're watching your mm-hmm. your child sleep, or you know, it's not gonna be all the time, your child's gonna cry all the time, but like you're just sitting there watching a newborn baby sleep. I think that well, if you can delight in that, you're acknowledging the presence of God, and you move from there into letting that presence of God flow over you and, in a sense, consume you. And, you know, it's really hard to start from nothing, and it takes a lot of practice. But when we can delight in the world, we can delight delight in children and art and books and songs and these things. We're more and more letting God into our lives, mm-hmm. and through those those beautiful things, maybe beauty is the right word. Um, then we can we can push aside the veil because we see little peaks of light coming through, and so we can just peek back there. You gotta start somewhere, so you just, just take a peek, a little peek. And uh, yeah, that that's kind of my thought. That's very non-practical in a sense. But uh, what do you think? What do you have any thoughts on that? How the heck do you enter into silence in a busy world? I don't know. I'm kind of torn because it's part of me thinks. Yeah, part of me thinks that when you hear the word silence and kind of like the need to cultivate. A life of uh, a life that has some silence in it, you know, that that's a time-consuming process. That somehow, like, silence and time are equivalent. Like, well, maybe if I find thirty minutes of silence, then I'll like, like, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have silence in my day. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Like, I don't think. Time and silence are related that closely. Um, mm. So I guess I guess what I think is that you can have these sort of moments of delight, like a there. I, I think they're almost more related to moments of 
wonder. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked that example of kind of the mother or the father kind of delighting in their child for a moment. Um, and I think that, you know, my, my older brother has you know, two kids now, and so I... I imagine, you know, there are moments where he's like, oh, my Lord, you yeah, know, like, yeah. how did, how did I get here? How do I deserve to have, you know, this life, this wife, these hmm. children? Like, how do I, how do I deserve that? Yeah, wonder um, there too, yeah. And so, and maybe that only kind of occurs for a moment, you know, maybe I, maybe I need to call my brother and ask, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and so I think that's a moment of silence, or at least it's a moment of wonder. And, and the, the progression into silence then is to, to rest in that moment of wonder. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that means like going into a closet in the back dark corner of your house and being like, no one talk to me. Yeah. I'm, I need... Silent time, quiet time for two hours to ruminate <laughs> on the mysteries of life. Gosh, um, you're right. I mean, I, I guess I that think, could be totally wrong. So, I think um, you're you're partially right. I definitely agree with the moments of silence thing, and I think that's really where it starts. But I do think there is some correlation, not necessarily in like length of time. Yeah, I don't think they're divorced but, from one another. Yeah, but like quality of time, especially like yeah, there. <clears throat> It is important to like, you know, sit in the quiet yeah. in a rocking chair and just, you know, sit there, be with God if you can. But like like you said, there's you yeah. kinda gotta have to go through a process to get in silence. It's there's times when it's instant like that, those moments of wonder, those moments of delight when you peek behind the veil. But like to really culminate But it's you have to have the time to process. But it's that. like yeah. being in a relationship with with a spouse, you know, like there's times where it just happens where you're just in love and it's incredible. And then there's times where you really kind of have to try and like do romantic things and and sit with each other and talk and ask him how their day is going. And so I think it's the same with God. Uh, you yeah. know, marriage images, our relationship with God. There's times where it just yeah, happens. Right. Yeah. And then there's times where like you really do have to try. I guess what I'm afraid of is that Someone will hear this podcast and then say, I ain't got time yeah, but I don't like y'all are seminarians. Y'all have a, the time or whatever for silence. And yeah. so like, maybe y'all can be silent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And I think that that's very wrong. Uh, I, I think that there's, to get down to the practicals, there's times where you just enter into the moment of silence, but you, it does take work. You do have to take time out of your day to sit and pray. Maybe, maybe you have to go to the yeah. church and like it's not easy. Like, hey, you know, I would love to be able to say like, oh yeah, yeah. If you have a super busy life and you're a mother with six kids, you just have so much time for silence. You just don't know it. Like, there's going to be times within the craziness where you can enter into silence, but it's also going to be like maybe you stay up fifteen minutes later or wake up fifteen minutes yeah. early. You know. It yeah, I mean, at some point there has work. to be the the prioritization of yeah. it, right? Like, it's hard and scary, but yeah. it's it's what we need. It's what we're made for. Yeah, yeah. Silence, incredible thing. Love it. 
Yeah, so this week, uh, try and find some time for silence, but be intentional about understanding what silence is to you and uh, really making it prayer. Enter into that. Look behind the veil. Enter into the womb. And, uh, yeah. Also, quick shout out to all of our listeners at uh, Benedictine College. We got a a couple out (laughs) there. Do we have a couple? Yeah. Yeah. My sister Lily and her friend Claire is, I think, our most devoted listener. She listened to our new episode last week already. Thank you, Lily and Claire. Yes, and I don't know if there's any others, but, you know, hey, thank you. We appreciate it. And to all of our other devoted listeners, we thank you. We have no idea. <laughs> we have no idea how many <laughs> Where people... Where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> so we just hope there's a ton of you. Uh, so you're all yes. out there wondering and wondering all Literally the Literally billions. <laughs> Oh gosh! All right, well, we better go. We gotta fix your bookshelf. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Y'all have a good week. Uh, yep. God bless. Bye.